We had been uh, previously spending the last couple of weeks speaking about individual psalms after we had introduced the concept of Tehillim in general. And uh, what I want to do is a, a brief interlude to talk about uh, actually a few psalms, six of them uh, to, be, to be sure, that make up the uh, familiar tefillah to many of us that we call Hallel. Um, and uh, certainly after coming off of a Pesach, uh, where many of us uh, were spending, uh, or maybe for the first time, really for me, uh, to be able to spend uh, a good amount of time with Hallel, not worry about uh, when you have to take off your tefillah and not worry about uh, what the chazan is up to or whether or not we even uh, sound good when we're singing along with the chazan. Um, to talk about the Hallel, I think, is apropos. And, uh, and in, in preparing for this year, um, hopefully what I'm going to be able to share with, with many of you uh, is uh, some new information, uh, stuff that I didn't know before, because when we look at Hallel, we're so used to seeing it as it appears in the Siddur. And then when you actually go ahead and look at Hallel uh, as it appears in Tehillim, as Psukim and Tanakh, uh, so a very different story emerges. But before that, uh, Hallel itself is kind of a misnomer. Hallel itself is a term that uh, really speaks to three different kinds of tefillot, three different kinds of liturgical aspects of the Jewish calendar. And I want to go through the first two of them before we focus on the Hallel that we're all familiar with, uh, the default Hallel, we'll call it. Um, the first Hallel, uh, and, and before, before we really jump into that, I would say the ubiquity of Hallel uh, maybe leads to its strangeness. Uh, maybe this is what I felt at least, uh, that when you go ahead and you think of Hallel, um, it seems like such a simple... It seems like such a simple thing. It's something that we're used to singing. Everybody maybe remembers the tunes that they used when they were younger uh, that, that stick with them for the rest of their lives or uh, think of the occasions when they sing Hallel and Shul. Uh, we're going to have an opportunity, God willing, in Lincoln Square uh, for our Yom Ha'atzma'ut and Yom HaZikaron service to say a Hallel. Um, so hopefully the surprise that I had when looking at the sources and uh, understanding what exactly Hallel is uh, maybe will allow us to uh, never look at Hallel again uh, in the way that we've seen it and to see Hallel uh, in a totally different form. Uh, so the, the interesting, the ubiquity of Hallel is mentioned uh, in, uh, it appears in Kabbalistic Sidurim, uh, but really I would say almost codified in the Siddur of uh, the Admar Hazakin. Rav Schneir Zalman Miliadi of Lubavitch uh, wrote a Siddur, uh, you're probably familiar with it, being printed as the Tihilat Hashem Sidur, and in it, he writes a note in the beginning of Hallel, he says that, Yamim shegomrim bahem et Hallel babetach, bet, bet, taf, and then chet. And babetach is a, uh, uh, an acronym. It means, uh, it, it means being safe. It means being, uh, it means reaching a, a place of tranquility and equanimity. Babetach refers to the times that we say the full Hallel. We have bays, for the two days, the two first days in Galut, in uh, outside of the land of Israel, the first two days when uh, of Pesach that we say a full hallel, uh, the second bet of Betach refers to the two days in Galut, in the diaspora of Shavuos, when we say a full hallel, and Tet refers to the nine days of Sukkot and Shemini Atzeret, where we say a full hallel, and then Chet refers to Hanukkah, the eight days of Hanukkah when we say the full hallel. To be sure, there are other days that we do say the hallel. For example, the six days, uh, the six 
second days of Pesach and Cholamoid, where we say a incomplete Hallel, a partial Hallel. And then there's also on Rosh Chodesh, where we say an incomplete, a partial Hallel. Uh, there are many other occasions. There's a personal Hallel. Uh, we have a testimony that appears in the back of the Chai Adam, uh, Rabbi Avram Danzig, who was a Dayan in Vilna in the time of the Vilna Gon, and he wrote a compendium of halacha called the Chai Adam, and he says that there's even an individual halal. He writes about uh, an extraordinary occurrence. He says that uh, there had been uh, an earthquake or there had been some sort of a conflagration. His entire house was destroyed in Vilna, uh, set fire, and he was saved uh, through miraculous uh, means. And he decided that every day on the anniversary of that conflagration in Vilna, where he and his entire family almost lost their lives, that he would be saying halal, that would be a Yom Tov Prati, that would be a, a personal a holiday. And indeed, there are many people. I was just watching a video yesterday of a person that I had been saying Tehillim for, uh, Michael Goldsmith, uh, returning home in, uh, in Tinek and people standing outside. And one could be sure that together with the Sudat Hoda'a, a person might individually take upon themselves to uh, have a special day of saying Hallel in order to thank Hashem for a salvation, a personal salvation. But we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. Hallel is ubiquitous. But Hallel is a term that refers to three different types, three different orders of tefillah. The first hallel is um, is a hallel that is uh, that is what we call hallel shebechol yom. I'm going to go ahead and share my screen with you guys. Uh, actually, what I'll do is I'm going to put a link to the sources if you want to go ahead and look at it on your own. But I'm going to go ahead and share my screen with you, and uh, we could go ahead and look at the sources themselves. So, Hallel three ways. It sounds like we're, that we're making a recipe of sorts. Hallel three ways. So, the Gemara in Shabbos, Tav Kuf Yudchet, um, Folio 118b, says the following, Amar Rav Yossi. Rav Yossi says, Yehei Migomre Hallel Bechol Yom. Now, this Gemara is a fascinating Gemara. We don't have time to really spend on the entire Gemara. We definitely should at another juncture. But what's amazing about this Gemara is that so many things that we're familiar with, uh, so many things that we uh, that we know as uh, as as being part of our uh, liturgy. Uh, so much of this stuff is part of the uh, is part of the halal shabbachol yom. Just going to go ahead and and x out of those boxes, okay? Um, so Rabbi Yossi, so part of that Gemara is uh, Rabbi Yossi says, shabbos. May my portion be together with those that have three meals every Shabbos, that there was uh, apparently some sort of a special element, uh, a special protection for a person that goes out of their way to have Shalosh Shudas, uh, three meals on Shabbos. Then there's the notion of Rav Yossi says it's some sort of uh, uh, a supernomian, uh, um, a supererogative measure. To be able to go above and beyond, he says, I'd like to be part of the people that say halal every single day. And the Gemara asks, Ini, is that really so? Didn't a master tell us, Somebody that says halal every single day is a blasphemer. And that person is insulting God rather than praising God. So what is Rav Yossi talking about saying, may my portion be with those who say halal uh, every single day? That's, that's blasphemy. 
So the Gemara clarifies and says, no, Rabbi Yossi was referring to Ki Ka'amrina B'Pesuke Zimra. What Rabbi Yossi was referring to was the Halal Shebechol Yom, which is part of every Nusach Tfilah, every liturgy that says the order in between uh, the Brichot HaShachar leading up to Shema and Shemona Esrei, that they say the Psuke de Zimra, which is another Retzef, another chain of, uh, of Psalms in Tehillim. And that's, the, that's what Rav Yossi is referring to over here. But to say Halel, and ostensibly Rav Yossi is referring to our default Halel that we're going to talk about at the last part of this year, to say that every day is blasphemy. Now, one has to ask a question, what exactly is the blasphemy in praising God, right? Why can't I say halal every single day? What's the problem with me going ahead and starting and saying all these iconic, beautiful verses? What's wrong with me saying that every single day? Rabbi Soloveitchik uh, has an essay where he addresses this problem, although, uh, to be sure, a number of the early commentaries uh, make a similar comment as well. Rabbi Soloveitchik writes that if I were to go ahead and say halal every day, I would be minimizing the miracles that populate every single day. Uh, There is two different orders of miracles. There's the miracle of everyday life, the birth of a child, uh, a person returning home from an illness, a person uh, receiving uh, great news, a person uh, experiencing the miracle of a sunrise and a sunset, all of these things, one could look at them and say, well, this is quite miraculous. To go ahead and to say halal on that every single day would be to minimize the miracles that God does in the mundane. And to be sure, if you look at the Psuke de Zimra, and we're not going to be focusing on Psuke de Zimra today, maybe we'll get to that in a future installment. But if you look at the Psuke de Zimra, the referent in Psuke de Zimra is on God giving us snow, the weather, the, the chirping of the birds, the natural world. Psuke de Zimra is a kind of halal, but it's the halal shebechol yom. Another way to refer to Psuke de Zimra, the, the, the Psalms of praise is, or the, the, the verses of praise, is to remember that a close study of the text indicates that they're really dealing with the everyday miracles, the kind of stuff that we take for granted. And the fact that uh, if I were to tell you to be conscious of your breathing right now, to go ahead and to take a pause and to you ever stop and be conscious, wow, that's another breath. I've been doing this for 33 years. That's an incredible thing. That's a, that's a miracle of sorts. And, and if you become familiar with anatomy and how the body works, uh, what an incredible thing. The slightest thing could go wrong. And, 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 and I wouldn't be able, God forbid, to breathe. That's a miracle. God wants us to focus on those miracles and to say a halal as we know it would be somehow minimizing it. It would be saying that uh, we don't pay attention to God's small miracles every day and that would be a terrible thing and that seems to be what the Gemara is referring to by saying that that is the halal sh- If somebody says halal every day, there would be a macharifu magadef. They would indeed be a blasphemer. So that is the halal shebechol yom. That would be our first halal. That is the, the, the first thing that we refer to when we talk about this, this term halal that we sort of just toss out by referring to only one kind of halal. That is the, uh, that is the first one. So what is, uh, what is the second kind of halal? The second kind of halal is very related to the holiday that just passed upon us. Uh, I know that we didn't have a class during uh, Pesach itself uh, or Cholamoid, but we could still look forward to next Pesach, Emir uh, Tzashem in Yerushalayim, or at the very least together with our families and friends. 
this Hallel is called the Hallel Hagadol. Let's take a look at the sources and see what we mean by Hallel Hagadol. Hallel Hagadol, and I want to pause for a second and say, uh, really, none of my none of none of what I'm saying here is my own ideas. Uh, Rabbi Yitzchak H. Shalom, a brilliant Tanakh scholar, also has one of the world's fastest daf yomi shirim. Uh, he's a Rebbe in uh, Eula in Los Angeles. I had an opportunity to meet him. He's published a few books called Between the Lines of the Bible. They're wonderful studies of Mikra. He uh, gave a series of written classes, written columns for Torah.org. I don't know if the website is still extant or functioning, um, but he gave... Uh, he gave a entire series, an entire series about uh, Hallel, and uh, and it's it's remarkable. And in it, he refers to uh, these three different kinds of Hallel. So uh, much of much of this, much of what I'm saying here is based off of his ideas. Uh, it, 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 the Shirim were given six years ago in 2014. Uh, I really encourage uh, people to go ahead and to uh, to 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 read what he says because he's he probably does a better job than I can. The second halal is the following. The Gemara Psachim on Daf Kuf Yud Ches Amit Aleph, which is the section of Mesecha Psachim called Arve Psachim, which deals with the laws of the Seder and Pesach as we know it. The rest of the Gemara Psachim is really like a Kudshim uh, Mesech that deals with the sacrifices and it deals with um, the order of the sacrifices. And in this parak of Arve Psachim, so the Gemara gets into the aspects of Pesach as we know it. The Gemara says like this, Tanur Kosrevi, on the fourth cup, Gomer Alav et Hallel, we complete the Hallel. Vomer Hallel Gadol, and we say upon it something called the Great Hallel. Divrei Rabbi Tarfon. These are the words of Rabbi Tarfon. The Gemara goes ahead and has a number of different opinions, three to be exact, of what exactly this Hallel Hagadol is, but nearly every single opinion agrees that Psalm Kuf Lamid Vav, Psalm 136, is indeed a part of the Halal HaGadol, and that becomes the Halal HaGadol that we're familiar with nowadays. What is this Halal HaGadol? Why is it called Halal HaGadol? Vilama Nikra Shemo Halal HaGadol. Amr of Yochanan, Rav Yochanan tells us, Mipnei Sheh HaKadosh Baruch Hu Yoshev Berumo Shel Olam Umechalek Mezonus Lechol Beria. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu, God Almighty, sits in his heavenly abode and gives sustenance to all people. Now, let's take a look at Halal HaGadol for a second and see what exactly Rav Yochanan is telling us here, which reveals something quite beautiful. So here's, here's Tehillim Parakuf Lamed Vav. Uh, just to, those who have a camera on, if I could just get a thumbs up just to make sure that uh, people are seeing my screen. Uh, okay, thank you. Um, here's Halal HaGadol. You may be familiar with Halal HaGadol because we say it every Shabbos as part of Psuke de Zimra on Shabbos. And it is uh, recited, and the structure of it seems to teach us that it was recited antiphonically, antiphonally, meaning that it was, uh, that's just a fancy way of saying that in the Beis HaMikdash, this particular Halal was recited with a call and response. Um, and all the Levium, or the other half of the Levium, or the people that were in the Mikdash, would respond, Ki liolam chasto. If you look through it, it's actually the entire story of the miracles that God did for the Jewish people, beginning with the Exodus, all the way up to their entrance into the land of Israel, the conquering of Sichon and Og, the great warlords, warlords and the Canaanite nations. If you look at the end, now that's, that's, a, that's all big miracles. That's, that's big time historical 
uh, epochal miracles that are happening that God is doing for the Jewish people in the face of the entire world. So why does Rabbi Yochanan tell us that the Halal HaGadol is referring to, why is it called Halal HaGadol? So he refers to the last line. No lechem lechol basar ki li'olam chasto. He gives sustenance to all people. Hashem's glory, His kindness is everlasting. Now this yields an incredible insight. The rest of the Halal HaGadol refers to God, but in interesting ways. For the one that creates the heavens and the firmament with wisdom. All the way back to creation. All of these are referring to God in the way that we understand God. This big cosmic being that rules the entire world and changes history with his miracles. So why does Rabbi Yochanan say of all things here that the one that's most important, the one that gives it its name of Halal HaGadol is no Sein Lechem Lechol Basar? So I think that the insight that's yielded is something that we touched upon earlier. Is no Sein Lechem Lechol Basar is unique in all of the lines of Halal HaGadol in that it refers to a mundane thing. It refers to our ability to sustain ourselves. The fact that we can, Baruch Hashem, put food on our table and that if we cannot, that there are people ready, willing, and able to give it to us and that God allows us the ability to sustain ourselves. It is amongst the litany of great miracles, the most mundane of all of them. And that yields the insight that we talked about before with Haomer Halo Bechol Yom, Mecharif Magadev, that human beings like to, it's, it's human nature. It's human nature to revel in the supernatural. It's human nature to look at wonderful miracles and disruptions of Teva, disruptions of nature, and to say, wow, this is God, right? That's God acting. It's far more difficult and it's far more uh, challenging for a religious individual to stop and to give praise and thanks to Hashem, to God for the everyday miracles, for the things that are around us. And perhaps that's what Rav Yochanan is alluding to by saying, Lama Nikrashmo Halal Hagadol? Why is this tefillah called the Halal Hagadol, the great Halal? Because of the fact that it finishes off after this litany of great miracles, of these earth-shattering, nature-changing events, and pointing out to the fact that there is the daily bread. There is what God does for us on a daily basis, and that is what calls it the Halal HaGadol. The supernatural combined with the natural that is also super is what lends it its name of Halal HaGadol, the great Halal. Now, I was always confused when I heard it Halal HaGadol, and I want us all to make a mental shift a little bit, because the Halal that we refer to as our default Halal, which is not called Gadol, not called great, that Halal HaGadol is six kapitlach, six uh, chapters of Tehillim. And this halal is only one chapter of Tehillim. Nevertheless, this was still called the way that it was recited antiphonally, the way in which it refers to God's miracles from creation throughout the Exodus, that it gives a summary of God's involvement in human history and the great miracles that God does. And finishing off, of course, with the No Sein Lechem Lechol Basar, that's what gives it the name Halal HaGadol. It is an all-encompassing halal. Uh, and this halal is also part of the service, uh, part of the seder, and recited together with the halal that we're familiar with, the default halal. That is the, so we've touched upon the halal shebechol yom, the psukit zimra as we call it. We've touched upon now the halal hagadol, and now I want to just 
show you something really beautiful, just to go to source number three, all of the sources here are beautiful, I think. But if you look at source number three, uh, we find that Rabbi Yochanan, who made this statement, because God gives us our daily bread, that's what lends the name Halal HaGadol, the great Halal. Uh, this is of a piece with another comment of Rabbi Yochanan that is oft quoted, that appears in a completely different tractate in Mesechet Megillah. And Rabbi Yochanan has the following theological statement to make. Rabbi Yochanan says, Am Rabbi Yochanan, Kol makom she'atamotze gvurasa shalakadosh baruchu, atamotzi an v'sanuso. Rav Yochanan told us, every place that you find the greatness, the strength, the majesty, the might of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the earth-shattering miracles that he performs, Sham Atamotse Anvesanuso. That is where you also find God's modesty, or God's, uh, how else would I put it, that's also where you find God's quiet, that's the still small voice that we refer to. After all the great noise and a great sound, we always find the still small voice of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that's what I think Rav Yochanan is referring to over here. Again, near Paro v'chelo b'yamsuf, he tossed and turned Paro and his legions and chariots in the, in the sea. He led the Jewish people miraculous means throughout the desert for 40 years. Conquered Sichon, conquered Og. And yet, no singlach and lechol basar. All of this greatness, right? The rest of this is all greatness. Sham, that's the vuraso, that's the might of God. And then you find anvasanuso. You find God's modesty, the quiet God, the everyday God, the God in the mundane, the God of the details. And that's what we should really be singing praise for. That is, that is, that is the height of praise. To be able to stop and to recognize that, to be able to pause in our mundane existence and to give praise for Hanisim Yom Imanu, the miracles that are with us every day. And the moments that we pause, I've mentioned in another shir, and we're going to learn about Mizmor Litoda, which takes on a new meaning in times where we could pause and truly be grateful for our health for our families, for our friends, for our community, for the fact that we have roofs over our heads, for the fact that we are able to go to stock supermarkets. Right? That is the nisim v'niflos b'chol yom, and yes, it is a miracle. That is Anvasanusa. That is the God of the details that is being referred to in the Halal HaGadol, truly the great Halal, because that's the Halal of every single day. And that leads us to our final Halal. And the final Hallel, I would say, is what we know as the default Hallel. That is six verses, that, six chapters of Tehillim that begin in chapter 113, Kuf Yud Gimel, and go all the way to chapter Kuf Yud Ches. Now, I have to show you this because it was kind of an eye-opener for me to see it, because when you look at it in the Siddur, so you may not even recognize the way that it appears in a Psalter, in a Tanakh. So you could see the purple sections of my Mechon Mamre, which shows you where I've been uh, earlier in preparation for this year. Let's take a look at Kuf Yud Gimel. So we begin with the bracha of Hallel Baruch HaTashem, Melekeinu, Melech HaOlam, Asher Kiddushanu. Now, this isn't uh, necessarily a halacha shir, but it should be pointed out that not all communities make a bracha 
on Hallel uh, at the same time. Uh, the language in the Gemara is Hagomer es Hallel to, com- to complete the Hallel. And that opens up a great dispute between Maimonides and a number of other codifiers of Halacha. According to the Sephardim, uh, Sephardic Halacha is that Hallel, Chatzi Hallel, partial Hallel, does not get a bracha uh, because you're not being Gomer the Hallel. You're not finishing the Hallel. On the other hand, Ashkenazim do recite a bracha on Chatzi Hallel, interpreting the language of Gomer Asahalel in the Talmud as simply reciting the Hallel, saying Hallel, and we go directly into Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Avdei Hashem, Hallelujah, Shem Hashem. We're familiar with this from the Siddur and the beautiful songs. These words are emblazoned. Anybody that had the uh, luxury of a Jewish education when they were younger, these words and the songs, this is, especially for Ashkenazim, this is kind of like the only stuff that you sing out loud. I, I could say at least in our school, when I lead tefillah, we try and sing a lot more because when you sing stuff, it becomes imprinted. It becomes a part of you. And many people might not even know what part of Tehillim or even if they're saying Tehillim, but they do know these words of praise. That is Kuf Yud Gimel. Then we move to Kuf Yud Dalid. Again, part of the Chatzi Halal and the Full Halal. Bitseis Yisrael Mi Mitzrayim. And we're going to come back to this. Bitseis Yisrael Mi Mitzrayim because the title of this Halal in the Talmud and in the, and in the literature of the Rishonim, the commentators, is interestingly enough called Halal Mitzra'ah. Maybe I'll stop the share for a second and I'll just uh, explain that the default Halal that we are looking at now actually has a unique name. It's called the Egyptian Halal. It's called the Halal Mitzra'ah. We're going to see that uh, that language really only appears once in early rabbinic literature, once in Shas, Halal Mitzra'ah, the Mitzri Halal, the Egyptian Halal, what a strange title to give to it, the Egyptian Halal. We're going to see that it appears uh, really only once in Shas, but Rashi and uh, Rishonim uh, equate this with reciting the Halal from Prakim Kuf Yud Gimel all the way to Kuf Yud Ches. Uh, that is the Halal that indeed the Gemara is referring to. And why is it called the Halal Mitzrah? Well, you're going to have to wait until we get to the next source. So let's take a look just to, we're still walking through Halal, uh, halal Mitzrah. So it is uh, deeply connected and uh, the recurring motif throughout these chapters of Tehillim is the salvation of the Jewish people from Egypt, uh, the exodus and the crossing of the sea. And uh, now we move to Kuf Tesvav. Now Kuf Tesvav, uh, the first 11 verses of Kuf Tesvav appear in our Sidur as a separate thing. From over, from Lo Lanu to Pasuk Yod Bet actually appears in our Sidurim as two different chunks. The reason is, is that the first 11 verses of Perak Kuf Tesvav, chapter 115, are omitted when we say Echatzi Halal. And we begin with Hashem, Zecharanu, Yivarech. You'll forgive my singing. I just, you can't say these words without singing along with them. And the, this is really, imagine my, sh- my shock by seeing, actually, this is all part, uh, maybe I'm revealing too much ignorance, but that this is actually all part of one chapter of Tehillim. Lolanu and Hashem Zecharani Varech, although it is split in the Chatzi Halal. We move on to chapter 116. Chapter 116, once again, we have two split filot in the liturgy because the first 11 verses are not recited when we say the Chatzi, the half or the partial Halal, and it is the second part of it that is recited as part of the Chatzi Halal. But again, 
All of this is really part of one chapter. Ma shiv Hashem, kol tag That is all part of one chapter. Moving along, just to the last two. So here is one of the shortest psalms in all of the uh, Sefer Tehillim. Haluas Hashem kol goyim, shabchu kol umim, ki gavar Hashem la'olam, hallelujah. Right? So this is uh, referring to the Midrashim, connect this to the sense that when the Jews left Egypt, and especially when the sea split, all of the seas and all of the bodies of water in the entire world split, and Every nation of the world heard what had happened, that a slave nation had emerged from the Kura Barzel, from the bonds of slavery for so long um, in a miraculous sense. And, and everybody couldn't stop but just give praise to God. Finally, we have the end of our Hallel, Hodul Hashem Kitov. This is recited, this is recited responsively, uh, which is why the postkim tell us that when one is saying it uh, alone, uh, as many people did this year. So you don't say the intervening verses, the responsive verses as they appear in the Sidur. You would just recite the Psukim as they appear over here. That seems to be what the Psak is, at least for Ashkenazim. And then there's Min HaMetzar. And uh, just look at these things that take on the, their own lives in our liturgy, but are really just Psukim over here. Ana Hashem Hoshiana, Ana Hashem Atzlichana. And then, of course, at the end of this, Hodul Hashem Kitov Kili Olam Chasto, creating a firm literary unit from the beginning of Hallelujah De Hashem, uh, praiseworthy or praise from the servants of God. And then we finish off with a bracha that puts all of Hallelujah together, which also lends to the halacha that one should not interrupt the recitation of these verses. There is, uh, I'll touch briefly upon an interesting question that appears uh, in, um, in, in, in the, in the, I don't want to, there is a, a whole literature in the Jewish library of people counting up the mitzvos. What, what counts as a mitzvah de oraisa, a biblical commandment, and what, what doesn't count as a biblical commandment? And there's all kinds of criteria that, of course, are argued about and, uh, and back and forth. And the, the Rambam, Maimonides, uh, has a book called Sefer HaMitzvos. The Rambam does not list saying Hallel as a biblical commandment, reasoning being that these verses uh, ostensibly were at least put into, uh, put into the Tanakh by David HaMelech. So how could it possibly be that we have a command to recite Hallel, but that the liturgy comes afterwards? The Ramban tells us that it is possible. The same way that the Ramban, the Ramban, Maimonides, believes that prayer every day is a biblical obligation, even though the liturgy comes much later, to the same extent the Ramban comments in his Shorashim, in his, uh, in his super commentary on the Sefer HaMitzvot, he says it's possible that we have a biblical commandment to praise God. The nature or the text of that praise, that may have come later on. But everybody is obligated at these junctures to praise God. And of course, the liturgy comes later on, but that doesn't diminish the fact that it is indeed a biblical commandment to go ahead and say it. Just a fascinating a discussion that could actually be mapped onto so many other Torah issues, so many other areas of halacha uh, in which we could go ahead and see, is something a biblical commandment? And if so, how does it get the quality of being a biblical commandment? Suffice it to say that reciting Hallel at these times, certainly on days babetach that we talked about in the beginning, certainly reciting that would be considered a biblical commandment. Back to our sources, and, uh, and we start to reach the end, or the final leg of our Shi'or. So here's Rashi, 
Uh, on the Gemara, let me see if I could just... Uh, here's Rashi on the Gemara that tells us, and Gemara and Brachos Nun Vavamid Aleph, which is, again, the reference in Shas to the Egyptian Halel. Halala Mitzra'ah. Rashi says, Halel... I don't need to look it up. Rashi says, Halal Sha'anu Korim Bepesach. This is the halal that we recite on Pesach. Lefi Sheyesh Halal Acher. Rashi says, we need to call it the Egyptian halal because there are many other kinds of halal. We just saw two other kinds of halal. Acher HaKaroi Halal HaGadol. Korin Lezeh Halal HaMitzri. Because we have another halal that we call the halal HaGadol that we talked about, this halal is called the halal HaMitzri. The Gemara in Arve Psachim continues to say, Amar of Yehuda Amar Shmuel, Shir Sheba Torah, the song in the Torah, referring to the song of the sea, Az Yashir, Moshe Yisrael Amruhu Bishah Sha'alu Min Hayam. So Moshe and B'nai Yisrael spontaneously sang it as we know when they emerged from the sea having been split and swallowing up their Egyptian oppressors behind them. V'halal zemi amru, and the halal that they sang at that time. Who recited it? The Gemara tells us, Nevi'en she'be'nehem tiklu lahem li'Yisrael, she'yu omrin oso al kol perek beperek. The prophets amongst the Jewish people at the time established that at every juncture, al kol perek beperek, al kol tzara v'tzara shalotavu alehem, and any calamity that may, that, that, shed, that should not come, shalotavu alehem, when we are redeemed, we recite this Hallel on their redemption. And that lends the name Hallel Mitzrah. Taken together with Rashi, we understand why our default Hallel is now called the Egyptian Hallel. It is the Egyptian Hallel because it seems that the first time that this Hallel, or at least fragmentarily was recited, was in conjunction with Az Yashir when the Jewish people emerged from the split sea, from the Yamsuf. And in addition to that, it is constantly referred referring back to the miracles that God performed for the Jewish people and the praise that we express for God upon finally being saved, upon experiencing our salvation from the house of Egyptian bondage. So it is, and that might answer a question that you could have on Rashi, right? Rashi says, this is the hollow that we say on Pesach. And you can look at Rashi and say, Rashi, you didn't really solve so much for us in identifying what this hollow Mitzra'ah is because there's plenty of other times during the year that we do recite this halal. Maybe Rashi associates this halal primarily with Pesach, because that's the holiday that's primarily tied in to fully celebrating our redemption from Egypt, and therefore maybe the holiday that's most connected and most combined uh, with saying the halal mitzra'ah. Let's get back to our sources, and I take you to... Um, ah, so, so that is the halal that is recited again. They, they established for the Jewish people that this halal should be said at every juncture and on every calamity that might appear and I want to do a quick review um, and next week we're going to start uh, by taking a closer look at some of the chapters in Hallel. We'll start with Kuf Yud Gimel, Imir Tzashem, next week, with Hallu Ovde Hashem, and reveal some fascinating structures within these Hallel. And again, uh, this is not just for intellectual purposes, but really for us to go ahead and experience our own saying of Hallel within the songs that we sing in a totally different way. 
We discussed three different kinds of Hallel. We discussed what's called the Hallel Shebechol Yom, which we know as Pesuk Zimra. And we know that Pesuk Zimra is very different from the Hallel Mitzra'ah. Now we can put them in opposition to one another. The Hallel Mitzra'ah is completely focused on massive, earth-shaking miracles, total, total experiences of God tearing nature asunder. And the Pesuk Zimra is the Nisim Shebechol Yom, the miracles of every day, God in the mundane, God in the details. They are juxtaposed with one another. One is said every day, Psukit Zimra, and one is only recited at days Babetach, or completed at days Babetach, on the Shalosh Regalim, on Chanukah, on nowadays Yom Ha'atzma'ut and Yom Yerushalayim for certain communities. And of course, as we saw for particular individuals to recite that Hallel. That Hallel is Designed, the Halal Mitzra'ah is designed to speak to those moments where we experience God tearing nature open, God making Himself manifest for all to see in a way that suspends the laws of nature, which, of course, God Himself put into place in the first place. That Halal Mitzra'ah, in contradiction, in contradistinction to the Halal Shabbachol Yom, references great miracles, salvation, a, a feeling of spontaneous song and praise to God. Hallelujah! Psukit Zimra is quite different. To recite the Halal Mitzra'ah every day would be to minimize or to somehow privilege God's acting in nature and suspending the laws of nature over the fact that God is indeed also the God of nature and the God of the everyday miracles. They come as a piece. You need to have the Halal Shebechol Yom, which is referring to Psukit Zimra, and you need at times to go ahead and remember the Halal Mitzra'ah, when God acted within uh, nature in a miraculous way. There is a second intermediate kind of halal, which is called the halal hagadol, almost paradoxically, because it's just one chapter and not six, and certainly not as many as Psukit Zimra. The halal hagadol is the hodul Hashem ki tov ki liolam chasto that was recited as a call and response in the temple times, and we recite as part of our Shabbos liturgy. And that halal is a halal that gives us a run-through of all the great miracles that God did, a summary, perhaps, of all the great miracles that God has done throughout history. And it concludes with the shocking uh, statement of Rabbi Yochanan by saying that this is actually called Halal HaGadol because it still refers at the end of the day towards Anosein Lechem Lechol Basa, that God gives the daily bread, sustains, Poseach Hesyadecha Umas Biel Lechol Chayratzon. God sustains the entire world and uh, gives us what we need. It's up to us uh, to distribute it properly. It's up to us to ensure that those that don't have it uh, get it. There's certainly enough food to go around. It's a question of access, a question of giving it to people, a question of giving them their sustenance. But God surely has given that to us. And that Halal HaGadol strikes that note of greatness with the note of Anvesanuso, of modesty, of the mundane aspect of God having destroyed Sichon and Og, having created the world, things that we have less contact with, that we have less grasp of, less understanding of, that we understand that not only is God's salvation manifest in a way of the Halal Mitzra'ah, not only is God's salvation manifest in the Nisim Shebechol Yom, but the true manifestation of God is Osekol Elu, that God is responsible for all of this. 
the Nisim in Iflos and the Nisim Shebechol Yom. And when we arrive at that understanding, and when we arrive at that recognition of God acting in all these ways, then we can truly reach a place where we can say Hallel, we can praise HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Hallelu Ovdei Hashem. Let us all praise God, all of us who are servants of Hashem, all of us who desire to bring ourselves closer to Hashem, and through uttering and through expressing this praise, we'll be able to come ever so more closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, at every time, and not only the times of Tzara when we find our Geula. Hopefully in the words of the Prophet Micha, Hein gal si eschem achres kereshe, the Navi Micha tells us not that, the Navi Micha tells us, Ki flows. Like the days that God took us out of Egypt, He should show us wonders once again. May show all of us wonders, and especially in our uh, difficult situation now, may us all experience a Yitziah from the narrow places to the Merchavim. And Demir Tzashem next week will continue by taking an even uh, deeper dive into all the aspects of Hallel and uh, hopefully benefiting all of us to have a much more robust and full experience of praise of God. I want to thank everybody for joining us. Thanks,